If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. God is so good. Turn to your neighbor and say you look beautiful tonight. Turn to your other neighbor and say you not so much. No, I'm teasing. And I want to have a look tonight, if you have your Bibles, at the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Luke. And chapter 5. And let's have a look at the 17th verse. I feel like something good is going to happen in this place tonight. I feel like when two or three are gathered, there he is. And uh, I don't know who you are, young lady, but I can tell you the hand of God is on your life. The anointing of God is on your life. And my prayer is that you don't leave this place the way you came, but God would do something so supernatural and start a fire on the inside of your spirit. And when you leave this place tonight, something's going to happen in the Holy Ghost in your world in Jesus' name. I'm sorry to embarrass you, but I quite enjoyed doing that to people. It's a gift. It's the 10th gift of the Spirit, embarrassment. And uh, Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, and it says this, now it happened. Aren't you glad it happened? I don't even know what it meant when I said that, but I said it anyway. On a certain day, as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law. Somebody said, why are they called Pharisees or why are they called Sadducees? My dad always told me they were called Sadducees because they were Sadducee and teachers of the law sitting by, that was a joke, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. I want you to underline this if you, if you want to, or if you don't have a pen, just use your nail and scratch a hole. It says this, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Somebody say power. Sound like an Aussie, power. So that's beautiful. That's a, that's, a, that's a Queen's English right there. And the power of the Lord was present. Somebody say present was present to heal them. Then behold, men, probably four men, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, somebody say their faith. He said to their man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easy to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk. And I love this passage here, verse 24. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed into his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. That's good news right there. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Before I preach, I just want to let you know that, that, that if you take notes, that I guess the title of my message, and I want to preach for just a few minutes, is the ever-present power of God. The ever-present power of God. It says here that the power of the Lord, the power of the Lord was present 
to heal them. I love the word power. Somebody say power. power. That word power, and I, I may have said this last time, and I don't mind saying it again. That word power comes from a Greek word, and I'm sure a lot of you know this. If you've been in church more than a few years, you'd know this and probably heard it a million times. But that word power comes from a, a Greek word called dunamis, which is the word that we get English words from, such as dynamic or, or even dynamite is, is a word derived from power because, because there is something about the power of God that when a Christian taps into the power of God, their whole walk with God just gets a dynamic that it never had before. I mean, when Christians, I mean, Christians should be the most dynamic people on this planet. I've been around Christians that, I mean, they're just so boring. You, you get around them, and they're, they're, they're depressed. I mean, I mean, I mean, you get around them and you, you, you feel good and then you catch up with them and then you, then you get depressed. I don't want to be around people like that. I don't want to be that kind of Christian. I want the dynamic of the Spirit of God working on the inside of my heart. Why? Because, man, if Jesus is on the inside of me, shouldn't I just be a little bit excited about that fact? You know, that's not my personality, brother. I'm very serious. I'm a very angry Christian. I, I'm a, I love Jesus, but I hate everything else. You should, you should read my blog. It's very powerful. You should go to my MySpace. You know, you know, that's a joke. There's no such thing as MySpace. <laughs> but it, it, oh, I want to be the kind of Christian, and I'm, I'm knowing this is, I've got quite a long introduction and quite a short message. But I want the dynamic of the Spirit of God working in my life. I want the dynamic of the Holy Ghost working in my heart and working in my life. I want, I want, to, I want to be a dynamic Christian. But, but I want that dynamic of God's power and presence working in my life that when sickness comes into contact with me, it has to go because there's that dynamic of God on the inside of my spirit that when people come with, 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 with oppression coming against them, there's enough of the dynamic of God on the inside of my life that they get set free. You're not going to win your high school to Jesus by wearing a WWJD band and, and trying to look intelligent. Both of those things are near, nearly impossible. I mean, if you wear WWJD People think it stands for we want Jack Daniels. It doesn't. It stands. That's a joke. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't have told that joke. You know, I've got a friend who works in a Christian bookstore, and he told me that the number one most stolen thing in the bookstore is WWJD bands. The second most stolen thing in the bookstore is Bibles. So I think to myself, what would Jesus do? Yeah, he'd steal a Bible, apparently. <laughs> and the Bible has this story. It says that there was a crippled man, and he was healed when he came into contact with Jesus. And he came into a room, and the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That power that, that, that can transform a heart and transform a life in one moment of time. I, I want to just add to this story for a minute because we're talking about the present, the ever-present power of God. You know, for God to be God, there's got to be a few, there's a few elements or attributes that make him God that he alone possesses. And uh, if anyone else possessed these attributes, they themselves would be like unto God, and no one does. Devil doesn't. Angels don't. Demons definitely don't. Pastor Eric 
might have a couple, but but can I sit just while I tell you this? Just for a minute, I'm just going to sit, we'll just have a chat. And uh, there are six attributes of God that God possesses, and uh, and he alone possesses them. And I'll tell you what they are real quick. We won't stay on this too long because I want to preach and I want to get loud and I want to get excited. So this is just my conservative build-up before we get a bit crazy Pentecostal in the house. And uh, I don't know if anyone believes in the Holy Ghost here. I do. And, uh, and I believe he's going to touch lives. And, and so, but here's, here's the deal. God, God, one of the attributes of God, number one, these aren't points, but I'm just saying number one so I keep track for myself. Number one, he's eternal. Somebody say eternal. Yeah. Sorry, eternal. And uh, he's eternal. And... Uh, I say eternal, you say eternal. And, and, but, but either way, eternal is an interesting thing. We all know that we will live for all eternity, which means we will live forever. Forever. For an infinite period of time, we will live. But here's the thing about God. God is eternal, but not just in the time to come, but also in the time that is always been and you know we all sit here and go yep amen and if I was in the crowd I'd be like yep amen and you know something I still can't get my head around that I mean just try some people go oh yeah I can I've always known (laughs) (laughs) I've been working on that one you know and uh, but you know I I try I'm like I work so hard to, to think about I can't, I can't get my head, because we're all used to, there's always a start date for something. But with God, there never was a beginning, for he is beginning. And with God, there, there's no end, for he is end. He is alpha, and he is omega. He's always been. As far ahead as he will be, he has always been. We, get, we sing pretty songs like, when we've been there 10,000 years. I mean, 10,000 years ain't nothing compared to the fact that for an infinite period of time, backwards God has always been he never just popped on the scene if he did whatever caused him to pop on the scene that itself would make him God and so God is in the beginning God in the beginning before Spongebob Squarepants in the beginning I did that one for these guys in the beginning (laughs) before Albert Einstein's theory of relativity in the beginning before Justin Bieber you know I'm just trying to relate to all the audiences in here. <laughs> you guys in the middle, before the Second Amendment. You know, <laughs> darn right, darn right, amen, get her down. <laughs> I feel like something good's going to happen. I'm just, I'm just, we're just getting warmed up here. Something good's, here's, here's, before all that stuff, God was. He's always been. That's him calling right now to say amen. He's like, yes. You know, the deal is, he has always been. Somebody say he's eternal. He's also omnipotent. Somebody say omnipotent. That means he is the greatest power that's ever been. There is no power that can stand in his presence. He's the most powerful being. I don't want to say thing because God's not a thing. He's God. But there is nothing more powerful than him. If there was something that could outpower God, that in itself would actually be God. God is omniscient. Somebody say omniscient. 
means he, he knows everything. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. For some of you, he knows the number of hairs in your ear. For some of you, there's more hair in your ear than on your head. But the, <laughs> but the reality is he knows. He, know, he knows what you're dealing with. He knows the pain that's in your heart. He knows the sin that's in your life. That's why he sends the Holy Spirit to help guide you, to lead you back to a place of righteousness. And that's, He's a good God, and he loves you. He has a plan for you. He, he, he wants to see you win. He, he know, he know, you might say, oh, I've just got little problems. He doesn't care. He cares about your little stuff as much as he cares about your big stuff. Why? Because he created you. He loves you. The eternal God of heaven exists and, and, and is in heaven and it is good pleasure. He's there, but he loves you and he cares about you. We serve a good God. He's not just omniscient. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's over there. He's over there. He's over there. He's down there. He's in here. He's in every church in Dallas that's meeting on Wednesday night. You could walk in there and maybe you wouldn't feel that, but he's still there. He's everywhere. He's every, I'm, the only other person that's omnipresent once a year is Father Christmas on, on Christmas Eve because he has to get a lot done. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, that's not true. Father Christmas just works very hard, kids, very hard. Very hard. It's because of all those time zones. It can stretch out Christmas Eve quite a long time. It starts in Guam and works backwards. But, <laughs> but the reality is God is everywhere. And I know this is simple, but the devil's not everywhere. And Christians act like he is. You know, I've been under attack this week. The devil's been giving me a hard time. Doubtful. Doubtful. Because you must be a big deal if the devil himself is giving you a hard time. I mean, one time Smith Wigglesworth was in bed. You know the story? And the devil appeared to him in bed. And he looked up, looked at the devil. He said, oh, it's just you. And rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> Didn't even bother rebuking him. It seemed like too much effort. He just wanted to go back. God's everywhere. I mean, sometimes we forget that. That when we're driving in our car, the Holy Ghost is in there. When you're sitting in your home, you might feel lonely. Here's the lily in your valley. He's there. He's with you. He's, he's, he's everywhere. So... So this is pretty exciting. This, 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 this excites me, Madeline. This pumps me up, man. This is, this is awesome. Apparently, I'm rapping. I'm so excited. But, you know, God is self-existent. I never really knew what that meant. But literally, it means that he needs nothing external to sustain him. So, for example, I've got a water up there. I eat food, and I need what I need. I'm breathing the air that he's created and all of those things. He doesn't. He doesn't need water. He is living water. He doesn't need bread. He is daily bread. He, he, doesn't need, he doesn't need anything external. Everything God needs in order to be God is locked up in and within himself. He is a self-contained God who doesn't need... In fact, everything needed for existence actually comes from him. The world denied Jesus. Oh, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in Jesus. Meanwhile, while they're saying it, they're saying, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in Jesus. Yet they're drinking his water, they're breathing his air, they're eating his food. I mean, how thankless are some people, man? They, they give glory to a big bang. I think it takes more to give glory to that than it does to God. I'm telling you right now, God is self-existent. He doesn't need anything to sustain himself. He just is. He's just, he's just man, it's a cheap way to live. Do you know? And the, and the final, the final attribute that I want to share, which really leads me into the next part of my message, is God is immutable. Somebody say immutable. 
immutable. And uh, this, I think that second worship song was a perfect choice because I want to talk about that for a minute anyway. The, the word immutable means he doesn't change. He, his, Hebrews 13, 8, as was sung so well tonight, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did 2,000 years ago on the shores of Galilee, he can do in McKinney, Texas, right now. What he did 2,000 years ago when he walked up to Lazarus's tomb and he said, Lazarus, come forth, he still has victory over death. When Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, he still can heal sickness and disease right now. He can still cast a devil, get rid of a devil out of somebody's life. Why? Because he does not change. And I want to have a look at one more passage before we really get to, to work here tonight. I want to have a look at the book of Psalms. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Psalms. Now this is a very uplifting scripture, veiled in copious amounts of negativity and brokenness. Scare tactics, really. It says this, verse 1, Psalm 46. If you've got it, say hallelujah. It says this, God is our refuge and strength. Do you believe that? And then it says, a very present help. Somebody say, a very present help. So we've got present power. This power, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then we see here that God is our present help in time of trouble. Then it goes on, and it's very uplifting. Therefore, we won't fear, even though the earth be removed. We just go, yeah, even though the earth, it gets in songs. Though the earth will crumble, though the mountains fall, whatever. Oh, that's an old song. I don't even know. That was written on Noah's Ark. But still, the, the truth is, though the, though the earth, though the earth, Bless you, brother. Though the earth will be removed, we just sort of go, yeah, though the earth will be removed. Oh, God's our very present help. <laughs> though the earth be removed, that's a bad day, my friend. Yeah. It's not a good day when you wake up. Where's the earth has been removed? Where are we? No, no, not sure. The earth's been removed. And if that's not enough, just to really add insult to injury, the earth's been removed, and now the mountains are being carried into the midst of the sea. Oh, that's not a big deal. Yeah, yes, it is. Never good when the mountains are carried in, into, the, into the sea, especially if, if the mountain's from Wyoming, and, and it's, being, it's a bad day. And, and then it says, though the, the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. The waters are so troubled that the mountains are shaking, but those mountains have already gone into the sea because the earth's disappeared. That's a bad day. I can guarantee you that Dow Jones is going to drop just a little bit on a day like that. And then when the writer of this psalm finishes that, he says this in, in the end of verse 3. He says, Silah. Silah. What does that mean? Pause and think about it. So he's saying, think about what you've just read. Everything's going to be terrible. But God's your present help in time of trouble. Everything's fine. The world's falling apart, but God's our present help. How, it's amazing to me that even when little things go wrong, the world's still fine, but little things go wrong. I'm like, God, where are you? I know none of you are that unspiritual. It's just me. But the reality is, he says, he's our present help. But then he goes on, and I love this in verse 4. It says this. It says, there is a river. Somebody say, there is a river. Not there was a river. You've got to understand, that word is. The second word on the, on, on the first line of verse 4, there is. Somebody say is. Yes. You've got to have a look at that word because that tells us that the river is a present tense river. We have 
a God whose power is present. We have a God whose help is present. He's a right now God. And the word river there, a river is a picture of the Holy Ghost. And so when we see the river in Scripture, we know it's talking about the river's not a thing, it's a person, it's the Spirit of God. So when we see there that there is a river, somebody say there is a river, and so there is a river. So when the, when, when, when the cities of this earth are going crazy, there's a river that brings joy to those cities. There's a river that brings joy to the cities of your heart and your life. And I've come to tell you tonight that not only do we have a God whose power is present, but we have a God who is present right now in this room. By the Spirit of God, He can reach in and touch your heart and touch your life. I think too often we pray like we don't believe what this is saying. We pray like we think the river got turned off because of the economic crisis. We had to, we had to save water. I've got good news for you. It may be a bit of a crisis that's been on planet Earth, but heaven's not in any kind of recession. The streets are still paved with gold. The sea is still of crystal. The walls are of jasper. The foundations are of rubies. The gates are still of pearl. They haven't had to cash in a pearly gate. They haven't had to give the angels one wing. They're flying around in circles. Why? We've had a bad month. That's more of a chook. But anyway, that God knows. I mean, heaven's not. The river's still flowing. The Holy Spirit's flowing right now. Is there, there is a river. This, this story that we started in, in Luke chapter 5, and, and, and so sort of stay there, that, that, that story blows my mind. That story blows my mind. I'll tell you why that story blows my mind. Because you had the, the intelligentsia of the day, the smartest people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the doctors, the lawyers, the, the top end of society were invited to a special partners meeting with Jesus in some rich bloke's house. And they're gathered in there and, and Jesus is there. And the Bible says this. The Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But this is what troubles me. Not one of them got healed. The only people that got healed were not them. It was another group of people who we'll talk about in a moment. And the reality is, the reason people weren't getting healed in there is the Bible says all they were doing was reasoning with each other. They were trying to trap him. They were trying to analyze him. And they didn't come into that room with a thing called faith. Somebody say faith. And so, you know, to, to, to grab a hold of God, faith grabs a hold of God. Faith is a supernatural thing. Faith is a powerful thing. Sometimes we underestimate the power of coming into the house of God with expectation and faith. I heard a preacher, he always used to say, faith or, faith or expectation is the breeding ground for a miracle from God. When you walk into a church like this, you say, say, have, have, have we got the person back there that can operate some of these lights for me? You, you do some of these stage lights, the stage lights. You know, just, just, just turn them off for a second. Just turn them off for a second. Turn, there, there you go. Turn them all off. Turn, Jesus wants them all off, he told me to. <laughs> turn them all off. Every, turn everything off. If, if there's a fire, we'll see our way out. It'll light it up. <laughs> now, those lights, except that one that's still on, but... Those lights are all plugged in to a live socket. They're all plugged into, into, into electricity. 
But back there, they're also plugged into a box. And that box, they can flick a switch on that box. Flick the switch there, brother. Many blessings to you as you, as you do that. So far, so good. This illustration is going superbly well. Okay, so we've broken the lights. Oh, whoa, shabba-ding-ding. That's powerful. You like that one? That's a good one. <laughs> you know, so what he did right there was he flicked the switch. And when he flicked the switch, he placed a demand on the power coming to this building. And that thing created demand and drew from the power. Faith flicks a switch, which places a demand on the power of God and grabs a hold of God. Do you know the reason Jesus wasn't doing anything in that room, even though his power was present, which it was never present. You won't read about it in any other book of the Bible or any other story except the same account of that story where Jesus, his power was present to heal. There was a healing anointing in that place. Not one person could access it because there can be power, but it needs to be drawn on by somebody flicking that switch called faith. And so they flicked the switch of faith. These boys did, but the people in the room didn't. And often we come to church like that, Pastor Eric. We come to church and it's like, we're going to sit here, we'll plug in, we'll sit down. It's really good, but we've got to flick that switch that says, you know something, I haven't just come to church. I'm going to draw something from the power and the presence of God. I'm going to draw something from the preacher. It fascinates me as a guest preacher. People come and they'll, 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 they'll get touched and go, oh, you know, there's a great anointing on you. There's no greater anointing on me than there is on anyone else. The Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. All we have to do is, you know, so often the difference between a good meeting and an incredible meeting is the faith of the people in church. You know, people really, people don't get this. Our worship was average today. It's not their fault. It's a church thing. Oh, Pastor Eric, he didn't, he wasn't preaching fire like usual. You know, some, I tell you, I can be so prepared, ready to preach something in my spirit. But I'm telling you, if you walk into a place that's full of faith, it'll draw things out of you that you didn't even know were there. If you want to get your preacher preaching, just shout a little bit every now and then. Just give, give them an amen for dear life. They're, they're up there sweating. God loves you. Is there a plan for your life? Just, just an amen. Just to, just, to, just to come on. I remember one night I was preaching, I was preaching in an African-American church in New Orleans. And I, I was talking about William Seymour. This is totally off the topic, but it's interesting. It's not going to help anyone, but I've started now, so I might as well finish. And I was telling the story about, about William Seymour at Azusa Street. Basically, the leader of the greatest revival that's ever happened in America was an African-American man, and he was not welcome in the Bible college. He had to listen through the door and sit on the porch because of racism. They wouldn't let him in. And so I'm telling that story in this, in this African-American church, and they're getting madder at me by the second. And I'm thinking, I don't know how to get out of this. I am, uh, I'm, going to get, I'm going to get killed. And, and so... And so under my breath, I'm pr- on the water, I look like a duck calm underneath. I was paddling for dear life. And, and, and I, said, I, I was saying, God, you've got to help me. And then I said, you know something funny? I said, I don't know the names of any white people that were in that Bible college. And then one woman stands up and she goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then someone else, say that. And so I was like, not one, not one. Mm, Jesus, holla, hoo, ha. Get ready, 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 get ready. Yeah. I went from a disaster to church in about two seconds flat, and then, then, then in the background I hear, my right leg started to go, and we started praying. He loves you, ha! He has a plan for your life, ha! He wants to come and change you, ha! High five three people and say, Jesus is alive. Mm. I was born in the wrong country. 
man, faith gets the job done. I've prayed for people before. I've put my hand on their head. I've been there so long with them, they go bald. In Jesus' name. I stopped saying receive. I'm starting to say recede, and that's what's happening. They're just receding. It's a joke. It's not funny. Can I tell you something? I've had people that come to the altar. I feel nothing. They're full of faith. They hit the deck under the power of God, the fire of the Spirit. I pray for, I pray for people that, I mean, they draw something by faith. The Bible says the power of the Lord was present. You know, every time you get together, the power of God's present. It's not a Pastor Eric thing, it's a you thing. Oh, it's not my fault, I come and I tithe. You know what, I thank God you tithe, thank God you come. But you know, if you came with faith, maybe I'm getting off topic here, but you know, the book of Acts chapter 16 tells us about Paul. Oh, my message, I'm getting out of order, it doesn't matter. Jesus tells the story, they lower this guy through the roof. They lower the guy through the roof. And some people have seen the pictures the, the artists have depicted of this beautiful pulley system that they developed and the ropes coming down. That's not how it was. It was a hole probably about yay big. And they dropped him down le legs first. You say, oh, they must have had some Oak Health and safety harnesses. Really, to be honest with you, if they had dropped him, what difference was it really going to make? The, the, damage, the damage was actually done, you know. Is that politically incorrect? I apologise. And so... So... So they drop, they drop him with this little bed couch situation at the feet of Jesus. The Bible tells us, geez, bless you and bless you. And, and you know, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus said when he saw their faith, it wasn't really about him. He looked up and there was a hole with four heads in there going, fantastic, we finally got it right. There's five other holes. We couldn't find Jesus. One in the laundry, one... But you know, there's a joke. It wasn't, we don't know if there was five holes or not. <laughs> According to Tiger Woods, there was nine holes. But you know, <laughs> it's stupid. They lowered him down and Jesus, when he saw their faith, healed that guy. For me, church life is about my faith and your faith pulling together and creating an atmosphere where God's spirit can do whatever he wants to do. See, I can come with faith to a meeting and leave disappointed because nothing significant happens. But when you come in faith, and when I come in faith, yeah. together something supernatural begins to start taking place. I'm a faith guy because I know that when there's faith and expectation in the house, we create an atmosphere for a move of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I don't know about you, I... I believe in corporate faith. I, that's why I'm a church guy. I, I'm, an, I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. I just do this a bit too. I'm a pastor because I believe in the local church. Yes. In the Bible, the word church or church is, is in there 115 times. 95 times is talking about a local church, a specific local church that God set up. And I mean, they had leaders, they had deacons, they had a team, they had different ministries, they had giving, they had spirit gifts working in those churches. They were churches, they had home groups. I mean, they had something going on that was awesome. I believe in the local church. I believe in the local church with all of my heart. If your church is TBN, you're going to a bad church. Yeah. Well, I like TBN. I like TBN too, some of it. And you know, the reality is, I don't think it's a bad broadcast. But it's not a church. That's right. 
It's not a pastor. It doesn't provide accountability. It doesn't provide a place for you to serve and tithe and worship God and come together and grow together. We've got to be growing together. If YouTube is your church, you're going to a bad church. Well, I listen to five podcasts a week. So do I, but it's not my church. This is your church. And you know something? This can be the greatest church this Metroplex has ever seen if you come into this place as a person of faith. And you know, these guys didn't just bring faith. They brought a need. And that need was the thing that triggered the power of God. Their faith plus a need pulled on the... Man, I feel this pulled on the power of God. And a miracle began to take place. What if we got back to being the kind of church that brings some stuff? When we walk into a building, we don't just bring an offer. Uh, we don't just bring ourselves. We bring an offering. We, we bring a friend. We bring a person with a need. And get back to a place where maybe you've given up telling your Auntie Beryl to come to church. Ring up. Hey, Auntie Beryl, something good's going on in church. We've had another service. You need to come and help us grow this thing. I ain't going to a one o'clock service. Yes, you are, Auntie Beryl. I'll be at your house. I'll bring you decaf macchiato. All right. It's easy. If they don't come to your invitation, use manipulation. God will honor it. Paul and Silas were in prison in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says it was at midnight. Just before late night with Jimmy Fallon. And the Bible says they're in, they're in prison, they're in stocks, and they'd been beaten within an inch of their life for casting the devil out of a girl. And the Bible says it was at midnight. They weren't complaining. They weren't getting angry at the world. The Bible says they were singing hymns and praising God. And then the Bible says what? Does anyone know? It says suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. It says suddenly there was an earthquake and the chains didn't just fall off them but fell off every other prisoner. Their worship created an atmosphere for God to do something. Your faith, your faith coming into this place, you can create an atmosphere of miracles. No, I can't. I'm, I can't. Yes, you can. And you know, in this place, I'll tell you one thing about this church. This is an easy church to preach because people get pumped. People get happy. I mean, as we're worshiping God, we started singing, Holy Spirit, have your way. I could feel the anointing of God beginning to flow like a river because there was an atmosphere of worship. There was an atmosphere of faith where anything can happen and it probably will. We need to understand that power, that power supernatural power of having faith when we come into the house of God, getting an amen spirit on the inside of us. I've got to do it, undo my top button. I'm dying. Bless God. Now I feel like preaching. Oh, man, it just got cooler in here by about six degrees. We have to get to a place where we understand the power of him seeing our faith. When he saw their faith, the Bible says they broke through the roof. You know, it wasn't their roof. And it was in a party they weren't invited to. They did two very rude things. They gate-crashed a party and they broke and entered. Is that a term you use here for if you trespass, breaking and entering? That's illegal. It's illegal. I mean, they weren't welcome to do that. And when they couldn't get in the house, they knew they wouldn't be able to do that. They, they knew they shouldn't do that. But their need to touch God was more important to them than having to pay for a new roof. And they would have had to pay for a new roof. If someone broke into my roof, I'd make them pay for my roof. You broke my roof. You pay for my roof. But I'm trying to see Jesus. I don't care. You pay for my roof. If not, I'll probably end up having to pay for my roof. I don't want to pay for my roof. You pay for my, my roof. 
There's something about that sacrifice that they saw. It activated faith. I was preaching in my church. A little while back, it was a Sunday night service. We have a great Sunday night service. That's where all the crazy people come out to. It's our Holy Ghost service. I mean, it's awesome. I decided, well, I didn't decide. I felt God speak to me to do a month of miracles. And uh, we, had a, we had a packed house. People sick as anything there, and God was healing. And one girl who had been saved in our church, she, she had been a prostitute in the streets of Adelaide. And, and she's a lovely girl, and I don't know how it came to be that she was doing that, but that's what she was doing. And, and she gets saved. And, but as a result of, and I, I want to be sensitive to all ages here, but as a result of that line of work, there's, you know, there's uh, physical ramifications that happen which cause disease and, and, uh, and it led to her having cervical cancer. And so she comes down the front for healing. I mean, God's a God of grace, isn't he? He saves them out of that situation and sets them free. But, you know, the devil will let you keep having that stuff in your body. And so she comes forward for prayer. And, man, I said to the church, I said, everyone stretch your hands out towards her. And the Spirit of God touched her, and she hit the floor under the power of God. And she gets up, and that was Sunday night. Monday morning was a surgery. So she goes in for surgery. She gets out of surgery, and the doctors are standing there totally befuddled, totally confused. And looking at her, and they said, ma'am, we have a problem. And she said, what's the problem, doc? Well, we, we, uh, we've lost your cancer. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, we cannot locate your cancer. And they said, we know it's there, but right now we just can't find it. So we're going to have to do some tests this week, do some ultrasounds, do some x-rays, and we'll get you back in next week and we'll get rid of it. So they, they did all the tests all that week, they, did ultrasounds, they, however they do it, I don't fully understand it. She gets in there the next Monday and they said, look, we don't know how to explain this medical abnormality, but there is not a trace of cancer in your body. Why? Because he's an ever-present God who has ever-present power. Why? Because there is a river. Somebody say, there is a river. Now, let me, let me, let me tell you, I was on an airplane flying here to Dallas about a year ago maybe just a little bit more. I was sitting next to a physician, a surgeon, and, and he, he and I were chatting, and he said to me, he said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a preacher of the gospel. <laughs> if you don't repent, you're going to burn in hell, doc, <laughs> for all eternity. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. Where will it be, smoking or none? I'm a tongue-talking, I'm an old-fashioned, heartfelt, Holy Ghost, heaven-sent, devil-chasing, sin-killing, true, blue, red, hot, blood-bought, God-given, Jesus-loving preacher. I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. At any moment, the trump of God is about to sound. Even the pilots could disappear from this plane. Where will you be, Doc? I never, I never said any such thing. I just said, I'm a pastor. And he goes, what kind of church? I said, well, my church is an assembly of God church. He said, are you a Pentecostal? I said, yes. And he goes, I'm an atheist. I said, well, I'm a Pentecostal. <laughs> and he said, I used to be a Christian. And basically, he had, to perform, he had to perform an abortion in medical school. And he said it caused him to lose his faith. He walked away from God. And so he said he couldn't live with himself. So he just, it was better off for him to just walk away. And he's led him to a place where he's an atheist. And he said, 
It was just fascinating to me, you know, in a bad way, in a good way, you know. It just makes us realise we've got to keep holding on to righteousness. But he says to me, he says, funny thing about you Pentecostals, I said, what's that? He said, you, you really do have one thing interesting. I said, what? He said, I've been a surgeon for 50 years or whatever. He's an older guy now. And he said, every single time I've seen a medical abnormality where a terminal patient has walked out of hospital completely well, where someone's come in, had a heart attack, and somehow we've revived them with no brain damage or anything like that, or when someone's been told they've got two, two days to live and they make a, an absurd recovery. He said, I can't explain this medical abnormality, but every time, it's you Pentecostals. <laughs> I said, uh, Doc, it's not a coincidence. And he goes, oh, it's mind over matter. I said, I don't mind and it doesn't matter. I believe it's God. <laughs> And you know something, I, I, I could tell that he was kind of like, I think he listened, but I mean, when I heard that on the inside of my spirit, I was thinking, you bet, you, you stinking beauty. All this praying is not for nothing. All this faith isn't for nothing. The Bible says faith comes by here and here and by the word of God. The Bible tells us that he is our healer. The Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions in Isaiah, bruised for our iniquities, a chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. i got good news for you tonight. The same Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee is walking these aisles tonight. The same Jesus that healed the sick, Cleanse the leper, cleanse, the, heal the lame, raise them up. I'm telling you right now, he's alive and in the house. Peter and John, when Jesus was seated at the right hand of God, walked into a temple. There was a crippled man by the side of the gate. And they said, he said, do you have any money? He said, I don't have money, Peter said. But silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give to you. I don't have money. I don't have fame. I don't have a credit card to ride this train. But what I do have is the supernatural power of the Spirit of God that I received a couple of days ago on Pentecost. And he said... In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And nothing happened until the Bible says he reached down. And as he picked him up, the Bible says, not, not when he said the name of Jesus. It had been done at that moment. But it didn't come into actuality, naturally speaking, until he stretched in faith. Oh, man. It wasn't until they lowered him. In front of Jesus, the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand here. Not until he's stretched, there's, a, there's an action of faith in a room like this. What's your action of faith? Is it getting out of your seat in just a moment, coming to the altar and saying, God, I'm going to receive from you? Is it saying, Father, I know that you're able. I know that you're supernatural. I know that you're a miracle working. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.